Welcome to The Truth in This Art, your source for conversations at the intersection of arts, culture, and community. I am your host, Rob Lee. Do remember to share, subscribe, and leave us a review. Five stars would be great, but whatever you think we deserve to, you know, really help amplify and get these stories out there. Um, reviews, uh, sharing, subscriptions, it gets us discovered. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's great. Also, um, check out our Patreon. That exists as well. It's going to be in the show notes. And in addition, um, dive back into the archive with nearly 700 interviews. You're bound to find something that either you missed the first time or you should listen to again and, and really get that inspiration going. So thank you. Today, um, my guest is a freelance illustrator who weaves the threads of mythology, nature, and symbolism into his art. My guest is the creator of Botanica, a tarot deck about the language of flowers. Please welcome Kevin J. Stanton. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for, for making the time, coming on. And it, it's one of those things where you know, I, I I like to really uh, show where that connection point is at. We didn't have a chance to to meet in person at the um, Small Press Expo, but that's where I first became aware of you and in oh, a bit cool. of your story. I was in that um that panel, then the uh, the tarot panel, which I was like, this is great. Um, so you know, this will be you know helpful for myself as well. Um, uh, welcome you, but could you introduce yourself, your own words, and share some of your early inspiration that helped shape your creativity? Definitely, yeah. Um, my name is Kevin J. Stanton. I am an illustrator that focuses mostly on, um, I would say, flowers, <laughs> botanical art. Um, I, I think my most popular project is Botanica Tarot, um, which is all about the language of, of flowers. Um, and gosh, I mean, my first inspiration I, I think unsurprisingly, uh, I did a lot of projects on uh, Van Gogh and Georgia O'Keeffe as a child. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was kind of always there. I actually found a book that my parents bought me, I think when I was eight, um, that's a book of beautiful plant photography, just... <laughs> um, so yeah, I've always I've always been drawn to plants, and uh, now spent my life drawing them. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do that turn of phrase there, being drawn to plants Thank and you. spending time drawing. I saw it coming, and uh -huh. I was very excited. I was like, "Will I pull this off?" Thank goodness. <laughs> As you were saying earlier, it's like I talk a lot, but <laughs> yeah, it Sometimes sounded better up here. <laughs> So, so that's, that's, that's fascinating. Like, you know, having some of those like early reference points kind of show back up in this, like revisiting it as, as an adult, like, um, yeah. you know, I I've talked about it on this podcast before that, you know, one of those early, early, early experiences for, for me, I was probably you know a teenager, but you know, like 14 though, like barely a teenager. Um, and I would have like the small handy mics and we were in a very competitive school. So you're like, you might not be here next semester. Let me get your take on this thing. Okay. And that's what I was doing. And I was doing some proto podcasting like in the late 90s. That oh, was wow. a version of, of of this. And um, and even going further back, because you know, and I've had to revisit this a lot recently. I wanted to be an illustrator, you know, I wanted to be mm. a comic illustrator specifically. And, you know, just sometimes when you get the um 
the response from the school you didn't get in and mm-hmm. there's no sort of aftercare creatively. I was like, I'm <laughs> yeah. done. Throwing my color pencils out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't for me and I'll never engage in it. <laughs> And, you know, I've been able to to revisit that um, and do it in a different way. I'm now writing. And, you know, the the partner mm-hmm. I referred to earlier, you know, at the con, we're, we're both going there like and we got a lot of the con uh, mm-hmm. or the expo rather, um, you know, going there as um, folks who are writers of comics and enjoyers of comics and, and sort of small press. So that's uh, really cool. And I'm happy that we yeah. bring this together. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm glad you were at the panel too. Yeah, absolutely. So, talk about some of some of the influences you you touched on on two of them already, but I I saw a bit more. So, talk, tell me about some of those those other you know influences and how some of these like elements from those influences show up in your work. I, obviously, you have you know Keith that's in there. Right? So, some of the other yeah. ones that come to mind. Um. Well, you know, it's funny thinking uh, sort of what you were saying, thinking about. Um, things that engaged you when you were younger and then only later you sort of realize you're following that. The book that I mentioned of flower photography, it was not until I was at least halfway into making the major arcana for Botanica that I realized um, every photo in that book is photographed on a black background and they're like richly saturated photos and truly like a year into this project, at least, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so crazy to see, um, you know, where that came from. And also my mom collects um, Russian lacquerware boxes, or at least did when I was a kid. And there are also rich paintings on wood with black backgrounds a lot of the times. Um, and so it's funny to see that crop up. Um, but I mean, as a kid, I... I adored i still love pokemon um oh yeah (laughs) and uh i don't know how much that actually shows up or not but um i was also completely obsessed with uh reading encyclopedias about the natural world um i have a book on minerals that i i was just at the beach this past weekend and um i think about this book i had that was all shells (laughs) i think it was literally just photos of shells (laughs) Um, and I loved mythology as a kid and I continue to love, um, mythology. So, um, yeah. And fairy tales too. I read a lot as a kid. Um, and that's, it's funny to see, I'm working on something right now that is sort of like, not a modern fairy tale that sounds very pretentious, but it is very inspired by, um, the sort of the like short moralistic quality, um, that a lot of like fairy tales have where it's like, maybe you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the catacrux. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I love video games. Um, I love, love collecting uh, like magical items in video games. Um, yeah. That's definitely cropped up a lot too. So <laughs> I mean, I, I'm hearing like whimsy and I, and I love that. Mm. Like, um, you know, I, I, one of the things in, in doing this and really just putting a lot that I have towards it, like, you know, you get to a point where it's like, all right, time to be serious. It, it's kind yeah. of that. And, um, you know, every now and again, I'll buy books and I'm, you know, I'm not an art person. I think that's one of the things that kind of works here. I'm, um, I'm someone that's curious, 
You know what I mean? Mm. So, and being curious, I'm bringing in influences from different places and making comparisons or connections that are the approved connections, if you will. And mm. part of that comes from just reading kind of like odd things and, and looking at things from a different standpoint. So I'm, I'm reading this book right now about failure, but through like the lens of design. And I'm like, oh, oh right. Like intentional failure? Um, it, to a degree, yes. Like that failure isn't bad. Um, and the 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 person that wrote this book, he, he's a photographer. So he's taking images of where people kind of like botched it. Like oh, cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's just like you you learn from it and things of that nature. And you know, it reminds me in many ways of you know how you get stronger, right? Like when you're you're doing a fitness program or lifting weights, what have you. If you're like, ah, I can't lift that, you know, be, you know, be safe. Don't injure yourself. But sometimes yeah. if you don't complete a rep, it, it lets you know what the parameters are. Like, yeah, definitely. And you get that up next time. Are you getting stronger things of the, of the sort? And I even remember I was speaking with um, a jazz musician a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was like, so you guys are just comedians, right? He was like, tell me more. And I was like, <laughs> you're gonna have to be more clear. <laughs> I was like, intimate settings. You're out there like working through your 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 work or what have you. He's like, okay, I'm hearing mm. this. I'm hearing this, and I'm making yeah. connections. I think that's sort of the value that's there. That that's sitting there, and um, you know, it all comes from sort of curiosity. I was probably I probably was annoying as a kid, just asking all types of questions. So why? Mm. Why? Me too. Oh, my parents used to call me the sponge because I was all I would be like in the other part of the house. And I would be listening to whatever they were talking about. And yeah. I also just, I similarly, I, I think I, curiosity is a really nice word, I think, to describe uh, my interest in things too. Um, I just love to learn. I'm that person who someone will ask something random and I'm like, no, I actually do want to know, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but I mean, what is the population of this town? I don't know. Will I ever use it again? No. <laughs> I, was, I was one of those guys that I would do really well at like six degrees of separation, especially when it comes to oh. it's like, you know, he was yeah. this person. And the thing that's really funny about it, my partner doesn't remember any names. So she's like, you know, the oh, person okay. that was in the thing. And I'm like, yes, you like I do. Yeah, I do. Actually, I've seen more red in that one film. And I do remember what they were doing. <laughs> exactly. So oh, that's very fun. Let's delve a little bit into Botanica, um, sure. you know, tarot. So like it, it obviously, you know, you know, I was in I was sitting in on a panel and, you know, just sitting there like enthralled. And like it, it was funny. I pulled out my notepad and literally I was like, all right, KJS. I was just like trying to shorthand every person I wanted to talk to. So, yeah, yeah. Can, can and I think you were you were touching on it a bit there, but can you um, unpack sort of the inspiration behind Marian botanical art with like mysticism, right? Like of of, mm. of tarot cards, because you know, as I was saying earlier, I think that I'm uh, you know an enlightened individual. I think that I've gotten some of the you know the good spirit of the mysticism, yeah, for my creative practice. You know, thanks to uh, the loving love of a person. So, <laughs> what was the thinking of bringing these two you know sort of ideas together? Um, I think, well, I, I've used a, um, I would say it's a medicinal herb, maybe deck for, uh, until I made Botanica basically, um, called the herbal tarot, um, that I bought as a teenager. Uh, I was very lucky despite living in what at least felt like a small town, um, 
having like a, a magic shop in town and it was the uh the first maybe not the first one i think i had three ultimately as a teenager um but i was really drawn to it the thing that i i liked about it was that it was you know botanical imagery with traditional waitsmith imagery so kind of a combination um and they talked a lot about like the i would say the properties more medicinal properties of plants um i don't know to be completely honest not, not to drag this deck i don't know how often that actually like really resonated you know the herbal quality resonated with the meaning of each card um but i knew for a long time i really wanted to make my own tarot deck um and it was it, every iteration i've made has been um botanical in theme uh the difference though is that i i think you know you always see it, it's hard to sort of like strike out um on something that feels new sometimes that's a it's a very like naked process um and so the two decks that I tried to make before Botanica were botanical in nature, but they were extremely Waitsmith mm. oriented. It was kind of shoehorning plant and plant meanings into mm. um, more traditional uh, illustrations. Sure. Um, and I petered out after, I think I did three in the first batch, maybe four. <laughs> I hope it was at least four. <laughs> and I made one of the second one. Um, and they just, I don't know, I, I very quickly lost interest. Um, now looking back, I think it's because I, I wasn't really making the deck I wanted to make. I was making a deck that I thought other people would like with elements of what I wanted to make. Mm. Um, and then I sat down to do... Um, I think it was a gallery show somewhere in Brooklyn. Um, I, I could not tell you what the theme was. It might've just been completely open-ended, uh, but I ended up, I'd been drawing in my sketchbook, some plants on um, solid backgrounds and made a few. Um, a couple of those made it in as majors. Um, I think the star and the emperor are both original. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I don't know, it just, it clicked, you know, it felt like the right move. And so I just kept making that until, until it was over. <laughs> Great. I, I think, you know, so, so one of the things that I'm doing, and it ties to one of the things you touched on. So this, this semester, if you will, cause I got to think in things in terms of semesters now I'm yeah. teaching for the first time and oh, uh, cool. teaching podcasting. And I had to revisit things like um, a novice, like a person that doesn't have any experience. And some might say I am a novice, but um, in, in going back into it, I, you know, talk with, you know, my students on, you know, if you're going to do something, don't do it for other people. You'll eventually find them, yeah. but do them for like, make the podcast that you would want to do. And I kind of heard that with you and kind of getting to that point yeah. of this is what I want to make, not sort of, well, maybe these people are like, and I can wedge a little bit of my stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you got to figure out like, what's the thing for you. And even, and I'm, when I'm doing this, you know, it might be someone who's a really cool person with a lot of clout but it's hard to fake enthusiasm. It's hard to fake yeah. like interest. It's hard to fake curiosity. So 
you know, for the folks that I've had on, I, I think I shared the number before we got started of how many people I've interviewed, you know, it's, it's interest there. It's, it's a desire there. And it's not like, well, we got to go through the doldrums and bring this person on and talk about their new book. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're doing, I think, self-generated work, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're lucky or if you even want to, you know, engage a publisher or, you know, whatever other entity might help you bring it to fruition, you will probably have to shave corners off of, you know, your your most pure vision. But I think that's an even stronger reason to make it exactly what you want to make to start, because then more of that will make it into the final product, which by the way, is not to say that uh, Beehive shaped any corners off of Botanica. They were very kind and let me basically be like, so I'm going to go over the top. And they were like, I guess, yes, let's do that. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of, a lot of projects, um, I feel like almost all projects that we end up consuming in some way have been, um, shifted yeah sometimes for the better sometimes for the worse but um self-generated i really now now that i've had a positive experience but um i think it should be indulgent Mm -hmm. why not yeah i mean this is not related but it does relate to you know sort of the being indulgent thing so you know i'm a child of the late to the mid to late 80s until the Mm -hmm. 90s and i it's just a movie I, I don't I don't it's a movie that I don't think I'm even old enough now to watch, but I went through the documentary for Robocop and the Oh yeah. Like the six hour documentary Robodoc and listening to it's all called Robodoc, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's on um I think it's on like Screenbox and um Peter Weller is wild. He's just talking about being method the entire time, neckerchief, mm-hmm. the whole thing, right? And I'm listening to it and I'm hearing about this sort of vision of these are the different cuts that we had to go to the MPAA about. That movie had nine different edits to it, and it changed the rule of how many times you can edit a movie before it's like completely finally rejected. And it's like we went over the top with the violence initially. And I was like, oh, and then we scaled it down. The the idea was go to the furthest extreme and then scale Mm -hmm. it down. And and it's something about that where, you know, I, I own the DVD uh the co- sort of collector's edition the runtimes are yeah. exactly the same the the cuts are so new but it's just like oh we're going to use this shot versus the shot when you know murphy's arm goes flying off right <laughs> and, you know but sort of having that approach and basically it's like i guess this comes sound hokey but being brave being courageous in whatever your creative pursuit is and then yeah. it, you have to scale it back sure but at least you have you know sort of that as the baseline well, I think you said it too, that um, it's more important to have like uh, your unadulterated version slash vision, um, and then it will find people. Um, I mean, it's it's harder to build any audience online right now, um, especially, but I do think that that's very true. The, a lot of the creators I follow are making, you know, the most indulgent web comic that is like hyper specific to their interests or even like one of my favorite people on TikTok. she just talks about she makes like jokey skyrim videos and i'm like <laughs> she's making this for me only <laughs> right and i'm so glad that she you know <laughs> and thank god <laughs> that's great 
like I did an interview um, a little while back with um, an artist, uh, Beth Evans, and mm. it's literally like, yeah, I'm talking about these very specific feelings and very specific situations in this yeah. webcomic. And I'm like, I felt seen or I don't know. Then I know someone I'm at least one or two people removed from someone who had that exact experience. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I think it's very important. Um, I, I think I might have mentioned it in the the panel, but um, you know, I had been given career advice um, as I was leaving school to that I would never be able to make a career um, just drawing plants and hands. I was doing a lot of plants and hands, lots of symbolism, um, and it, you know that did. I think it was true if because um, at that time I, I really thought I was going to be an editorial illustrator. Um, and I do think that would be maybe too specific, um, but I think I took it the wrong way, which was basically like my interests will not appeal or be viable enough. And they weren't for a long time, but um, I think one of the successes of Botanica is it is hyper-specific in its, um, you know, excitement and indulgence of um, just, just plants <laughs> it's yeah. plants and symbolism and mythology you know it's things that i love um yeah it's cool in that way i dig it so i, I want to touch back on a little bit with sort of you know the you know the the, the small press expo and my awareness yeah. you know you and, and that and i'm like I'm, I'm, you know i'm a novice when it comes to tarot uh how 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 was it like engaging to to the degree in what you did because like i find that particular convention to be in expo rather to be a lot different than some of the other ones, like even the smaller yeah. ones that are in the region. I'm like, Oh, I was able to network. I was able to book like five interviews through that. Whereas other ones it's like, who are you again? So, <laughs> you know, speaking of sort of being there in an environment like that or being around quote unquote, your people, Talk, yeah. talk about what that is and being able to be in community and in, I guess, sort of sort of fellowship with your peers and even people who are buying your work and supporting your work. I mean, I think SPX definitely is one of the, I wouldn't say I, I do a ton of conventions, um, but SPX has always been just like this warm, inviting place where people like to talk about your work on top of, you know, supporting you by buying your work. Um, I think there's a level of engagement that is hard to find a lot of the time. Um, I mean, I, I, my first SPX I shared, <laughs> and I don't think they let you do this anymore. I shared a third of a half of a table. <laughs> Um, and uh and actually i i ran into um i this sort of speaks to it too i i was only at the show for half of saturday this year um i had a signing and then the panel and then i had to race home because i screwed up my schedule um but even in that time i got to run into um, the two people that I shared that, you know, third of table with, um, Ian Densford and Alec McGovern. And it was such a like nice kind of full circle moment, even though I've seen them since. Um, but to be there, God, uh, I think maybe a decade, maybe 2013. Oh, yeah. But are, are, are excited about your work, I think is so important. Um, and I know for me personally, um, 
a lot of my networking has come from those kinds of conventions. Um, and so it's always really nice to see people that I'm even actually, I'm, I wore this shirt on purpose, which <laughs> your listeners won't be able to, but it was a person who um, they'd come to my table last year. And apparently I think in like 2019, I'd come by their table and asked if they had this shirt in that size. And they came back and said, I do have that shirt if you're still interested. Now, I have no memory of anything. I have a terrible memory. I have to write every <laughs> single thing down. But I was like, yes, absolutely. You know, like, and I love this shirt. Um, and I think SPX really fosters that, which is really nice. It, it's it's great. It's it's one of my favorite um, to go to. And this is this is only this was only the second year that I've gone. But um, oh, wow. It, you know, again, being able to, and I'd interview Warren like early. So I was just mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. And, you know, doing that and being intentional about it, but also, you know, going for curiosity and the the plan yep. as far as going to the next one is probably we're just going to stay in Bethesda, um, go to all of the the sports bars because I'm a I'm a food snob. So <laughs> I don't know, guys, I don't know what we got here, but um, oh, I mean, if you want recommendations, uh, there's a dim sum place near there. It's like a uh a secret it, it's not a secret but it is good I'm, I'm good good to know good to know if you have uh, a car you have to drive there <laughs> I'll, I'll uber everywhere it's, it's fine okay you're good i'll, I'll uh, after this i'll tell you <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah because it's um you know I, and i and i look for that like you know i had um this this is slightly related but the you know the thing you were, you were mentioning as far as it feeling warm and, and, and inviting like not only the sort of setup it's you know, it's a, it's a it's a different vibe. Like I went to um, a convention that I've gone to six in a row of, yeah, and uh, um, I didn't get that. It it felt more, you know, see uh, transactional. State. Yeah, and and I actually was uh, escorted out. Uh, Wait, what? Of a panel that had a really weird rule about um, the seating. They didn't have the proper capacity, and I was like, I'm not going to wait in line. I'm already in the room. Why would I step out to get into a line that I can't get into the panel I'm already going to sit in on? Oh. And judging by my size, you 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 wouldn't have probably seen me. I'm I'm six four, so it's like I'm a lot. Oh. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we're going to get security. They they looked at me when they said it. It oh, was six of oh us. That were so you know, it was kind of like I'm here. I'm wearing an anime. I'm wearing a Yu Yu Hakusho shirt. Like, who am I threatening? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. And also, like, when you're already in the room, is it not just easier to be like? Eh. Okay. Right. Sure. And, you know, you start speaking common sense, but, you know, the funny thing about it, you know, going to SPX, we ended up, it was a, it was like a black horror panel and mm, yeah, going to like SPX, we were able to go to a different horror panel. And I was like, oh, right. This was the thing we missed out on. Great. Oh my God. A better version of it. And, um, but yeah, I think, you know, that sort of convention in the setup, it was, it was just great. And being able to, I think you're the second of five people that I've booked interviews with from oh, that cool. con. And um, I got Jonathan Bayless initially, who was very funny. We were joking about being Aquarians, which was uh, something. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, right. <laughs> also a New Yorker, you know, have you? And, oh, yeah, yeah. And my, my partner's the same age and from Brooklyn. So she's just like, hold on, where's he from? <laughs> <laughs> which part? Yeah. Like, she's a Park Slope, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, um, so... Let me let me let me close out on, on this sort of question before I get to those mm -hmm. rapid fire questions because you you said something earlier that I definitely need to get some uh, extra context on. But okay. before I go into that part, um, 
I want to round off sort of the main conversation and talk a bit about sort of like openness and community support. Like we we were touching on that a bit, but you know, I think you know, I and, and I'm I'm relatively new to having sort of the um the Patreon, the GoFundMe, all of that sort of stuff and getting this this work funded to have some of that uh, indulgence, right? That we we look for. Yeah. Um Talk a bit about sort of sharing parts of that creative process and being transparent. And I see some of the BTS stuff, you know, of like, this is where we're at within the process. So talk about that um, and, and your role as being like an illustrator, being the person that's like taking from here and putting on mm. like the, 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 I guess, the the pad or eventually the card. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, I think that, um, again, social media now i think is is a lot more difficult but um i can literally track um at least one trajectory of my career from conventions uh, from community and not in a um i feel like sometimes think it's like okay i'm going to i'm going to meet up with this person and then this person is going to put like it's never that clear yeah but i remember um at mocha in new york i remember meeting someone who many like way way later introduced me to like an opportunity that led to me meeting one person which led to you know like i can see that like sort of connection but even beyond that i think um you know even beyond like the career part of it i do think that there's so so much importance in just like being open and sharing. Um, I I think I understand why sometimes uh, artists online can be very um, proprietary, I guess I would say. Um, but as somebody who is, has benefited so much from uh, like the kindness and openness of my idols and, you know, art strangers, um, I, I always try and, be equally open um because you know the thing is like the beauty especially when things are like going well the beauty of being a freelance illustrator is that all the different ways that um you know you connect with people you connect with projects and um in ways that you could literally you could never ever you know, set out to like do a, you know, draw a line between. Um, and I, I think that's, that's wonderful. And I don't want to be um, an end point in someone's uh, sort of like connective journey. I would like to um, continue. And I learn about that all the time. There's, there's another illustrator whose work I love. You can see her <laughs> original here. Um, <laughs> very slowly. Um Leanne Flug, um, she, I, I would say she's a bit younger than I am. Um, we're both botanical illustrators. And I think she was one of the first people who I ever saw. She, instead of waiting to be asked, who, uh, like who her manufacturers are, um, where she gets her, her shipping supplies, she, um, she just puts it all up front. It's on her website. It's in her shop. Yeah. And um, because of that, I have, I've also started to do that um, just because like, it's so clandestine. There's so many, there's so many like ways to do things, especially nowadays. Um, 
but when you're just starting out, you could get taken by, you know, for a ride by some company, um, or you could just truly have no idea where to start. And it feels like everybody else is sort of, um, speeding ahead and yeah. you're, you know, still at the starting line. So, um, yeah, I, I put a lot of weight on that. I guess to your other question about, um, like patronage and process, sure. um, I love sharing that. Uh, truly, my my uh, uh, my favorite part, I think, probably of Botanica is I expected people would like the art because it's it's plants, you know, um, and I have confidence in my ability to paint plants. But um, to see people so excited uh, and genuinely invested in not just the meaning of the plant, but also how I got there. Yeah. Um, why I picked, I don't like right here is one of the unfinished paintings. Like, why did I pick those cups for sure. the three of cups to match olives? Um, why did I pick olives? And I think that was probably a big draw of my my Patreon. Um, now I'm sharing previews of the upcoming expansion to Botanica. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's been really exciting to share um, the process, um, both like the actual painting process, but also I put so much thought into uh, my work sometimes obsessively. <laughs> um, you know, to have people respond to that is is really special. That's that's great. And um, I, I, I try to do that same thing. I like what you were saying, like not being a sort of, you know, endpoint when when someone's on that journey for like information, for lack of a better term. And, you know, when I do this, I'm like, I use this, this and this, you know, I tell you, yeah. it's like, hit me up. I, I, I'll i like, you know, I, I forget certain some of the connective details. I have a pretty decent memory, but I forget some of the connective details. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, right. I should put the Patreon in the show notes right yeah yeah let me just do that or um but if someone is like hey how do you do this or hey can you make a connection or can you do any of these different things I, i'm there for that purpose because you know yeah. i'm I, it, the way that this podcast and this community grows and always feels weird to say it is through collaboration is through folks saying hey i'm open to talking about my stuff and sharing some time with you in this platform and I'm not going to be a jerk ass about it, you know. <laughs> well, people well, call like, I am the greatest. It's like, are you? Are you no, I, I, I agree, and I, I also, I, I truly love. Like, I, I get inspired by the people I follow all the time. So to hoard any knowledge that I might have gained from um, scrolling on Twitter and seeing. I saw somebody post a, a specific way to use one tool in Photoshop that has changed my workflow. And like, why wouldn't I share that? You know what I mean? Like something like that, which to that person may have been just a quick, you know, video, just a quick tip. Um, it's something I use every day. Um, yeah. And I, I would like to be, um, you know, when I can, sometimes I can't share things when it comes to like my publishers, but anything that I, you know, have access to, I also try not to like paywall, you know, like if someone sends me a DM and is like, what kind of acrylic do you use? I'm like, uh, you know, uh, this is the brand, like, I don't think there's any harm in sharing 
any of that, really, you know? I agree. Like, um, and, 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 and I'll close on this piece before I get to these rapid fire questions. It, it's like a lesson I learned from a chef. Like I was saying, I make those connections, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was there in a the chef. We were filming a pilot for a, a TV series, like this sort of man on the street. And I was said man on the street um, cool. and using my sort of like social network and my friends in IRL. And I'm like, hey, can we, you know, go through this mushroom stew that you make? And it's like 28 ingredients in it. And he was like, oh, these are each thing. Have no problem with showing it. And I was like, you're going to show me how to make it. He gave me a cooking lesson in this video. It was great, right? Oh, that's cool. And I'm like, do you care that everyone's going to be able to see all of the ingredients? He was like, no, because they're not going to know the sort of technique that goes along with it. He's like, I'm happy to share it. But, you know, what I do is what I do. And I was like, there's something in that. And And even then, it's not going to be the same soup. You know, like even if you share some of the technique, people's tastes change. Like you can't really copy that. Right. You just get influenced by it as they mm-hmm. say in the Austin Cleon books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um in, in these final moments, I want to do um rapid fire. Uh, okay. then uh, we'll we'll close out there. So um let's see. Uh so don't overthink these. I always tell everyone don't overthink. Oh god, okay. <laughs> so here's the first one. Um what is your like favorite tool? Like something that you can't live with that you can't live without in, in like your studio. It's like, is it a, a certain sort of like uh, writing instrument, drawing instrument or what have you? I mean, don't be obvious. Like, yeah, you know, I need like for me, got to have a microphone, I guess. Right. 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 <laughs> Which is kind of dickish. It's like, look, it's <laughs> default. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, so I work traditionally and, Digitally, sure. um, I would say uh, traditionally I have this uh, tiny metal cased mechanical pencil that I bought from Muji a long time ago. Um, it is the only pencil I want to ever sketch with. <laughs> um, and for, gosh, for digital, you mean beyond like the actual tool I use of like no, no, iPad? No. No, that's that's fine. The iPad is it, it, that's it's an iPad, idea. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested in this mechanical pencil because it, again, it goes back to the um, the Austin Cleon thing I was touching on a moment ago, and uh, yeah, about the analog to digital loop. It's like you got to shake your things up. Yeah, I, oh, it's literally right oh, by yeah. my right hand. It's um, you can see it's the sticker has worn down. Nice. Quite a bit. I, I love this pencil. It's <laughs> great. great. I mean, like, I only really use Zoom um, recording gear. So, like, I have a PodTrack 8. We're recording this through. I have a Shure microphone. Yeah. It's kind of that, you know, they, they haven't sponsored me, cowards. But, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I use. That's what I use. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you mentioned Pokemon earlier. Mm. So, I can answer this in the really challenging way or make it video game related. Which one do you prefer? Let's go for challenging. Let's live a little. (laughs) What's your favorite Pokemon? Favorite Pokemon? Starmie. Really? Yes. All right. Starmie is uh, incredibly versatile. Um, It learns at least a move from a ton of uh, different types. Um, And I also think it's it's cool as hell <laughs> i think it's really weird but i will say i do have um a bunch of plushies and my this might be my other favorite it's ditto as trubbish nice and he always watches me while i work and i think he's very cute 
Um, so yes, those are. <laughs> I like that. Did did you play any of the the games um, like the the Game Boy games back in the day? Oh yeah, I I I, <laughs> I went to a mall tournament for Pokemon Blue and Red. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That, that and was, I did get that Mew, of course, because I had to. <laughs> back when they still like you know hooked your Game Boy up and transferred you know a legendary Pokemon to you, yeah. yeah. That's. That's great. I mean, the you know the fanboys <laughs> out there, the nerds out there, are gonna be like hell yeah, like got that. I mean, those those that's pretty much my beginning and end with Pokemon games. Like I had the cards. Oh like, really? You know, it was like you know whatever that 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 year was when I guess it went from Japan to here, what have you. Oh yeah. And let's say maybe ninety eight, maybe ninety nine. Like my parents maybe got a little earlier. Maybe yeah. a little earlier. Um, my parents got us all of the cards. And oh wow! It was just like you know all like the sort of ones that you can get. There are some like this is a necklace now. This is platinum now. Um, that in in red and blue. So you know me and my brother, oh, we, yeah. we both had one. And it's like share share the game with your brother. I was like, ah, no, nah, I'm gonna keep playing this one. <laughs> You're like, no. I actually had uh, a Japanese copy of Silver. Could not understand any of it, but I I I loved it. It was before it came out in the states, and I, um, I do not know how my parents let me spend my allowance on that um, because what was I going to do with that? You know, <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> I mean, you get those those imports that sort of era. Like you know, me and my brother were really into sort of the more action oriented stuff, and mm. that was what pulled us in because you know we're we're not you know karaoke right, but when that Pokemon theme comes on, it's like you almost have to do like. You know, someone's got to think. Um, All one fifty one. So, so this is the last, the last uh, rapid fire question, and I'm always curious about this because you know, as a person that sort of looks for those those hacks and those things that folks do to, you know, kind of like give themselves space. Yeah. What, if any, are your restorative or uh, practices or rituals like? You know, getting the day started, you know, working on something creative, it can it can be a challenge sometimes. I'm like, damn it, this is not yeah. good. I'm not working through this or it didn't hit the way that I was hoping it might have hit or what have you. Um, what do you do to kind of like, you know, refill your cup, if you will? Um, I, I go out in the garden now. I'm very lucky that we found a place that I could build a couple of raised beds um, in Brooklyn and. um truly like I, i'll be like i'm gonna leave the house you know and go step in that and that always kind of like clears um my head although <laughs> there was one time i was i was really upset about um something career-wise and um my boyfriend kyle had been like oh you know why, why don't you go like just take a moment they'd listen you know um and they were like you should go into the garden and just you know spend some time there and so I did do that and I felt amazing until I saw, um, <laughs> I, we just built them and I planted a very few things. And then I saw uh, saffron that I planted was actually blooming. And I wasn't even expecting it to grow until like a year later. So I burst back into the house uh, crying again, because I was like, there's still beauty in the world, you know? <laughs> but they were like, what happened? 
I was like, I, I could still be surprised by things. Um, you know, completely <laughs> rational. Um, <laughs> That's um, but I, I, my, my secret, I do have a secret weapon for this. Sure. Um, I think you probably would have to like anime. Because, you know, sometimes people aren't exposed to anime at all. It's hard to be like, you should watch this. But um, there's an anime about making an anime. Um, I don't know if you know it. Do you know this? I'm going to look this oh, okay. up. <laughs> it's, called your, it's called Keep Your Hands Off of Azekin. And um, it's about three girls in high school who want to make anime. And it's a... I have chills thinking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot watch, watch this a lot because it, it is so special to me that I can't, I can never like, you know, uh, wear out the tires on it. Um, but it's two of the girls have like a lot of passion, creative passion to make what they want to make. And the third girl is all business. And I, it's such a well-studied, well-rounded look at not just the fun of making something, but also the trials and tribulations that come with it and then also how to overcome those how to um make something that's not perfect uh but still make something and i i mean honestly rob it it truly like it's something really special and I, i've talked to a lot of people this year who have felt kind of burned out yeah. and it is like my number one recommendation just because um I think it's it's so it's earnest, but it's also honest, and I I think it's something really special in that regard. So if you like anime <laughs> and you're feeling kind of low, um, I, I would watch. Keep your hands off the face again. I'm I'm here for it. Um, I definitely <laughs> I definitely need a because uh, you know my my, my partner is a, is a little older than me, and she would reference stuff from a certain era, and she was like, "Do you ever watch Jim and the Holograms?" I was like, "Nah." <laughs> And now that's what I watch it, it, when, when it's one of those times where it's like, it's always cartoons. It's always something like animated that I don't know, just gives me sort of that juice when, you know, I'm kind of like down about certain things um, yeah. for a long time. And I don't think I've shared this on the podcast for a long time. It was Phineas and Ferb. And I was just oh, like, really, yeah, man, a never ending summer. This is great. And, <laughs> you know, something on the Disney channel, because it's like kind of it's banal, it's you know, it's cheesy, it's peppy, all of that stuff. Mm hmm. But it's so counter to this and, and, and even, you know, sort of like any animation is something that feel if it feels so foreign from what the day to day is, if someone were to animate like I'm based in Baltimore, right? So if someone were mm -hmm. to animate like me in Baltimore or things that I know, I'm like, all right, it, it better be like a sassy cat or something that pops up. It's just too close to real life. I don't know if I want that. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's pretty much it for the podcast. Um, so one, I want to thank you so much for coming on, spending some time with me. And um, and two, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can check you out, your work, social media, website, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Um, you can find my work on my site, which is um, kevinjstanton.com. Um as I mentioned earlier, I am working on an expansion of Botanica. It's all about um, plants and their interactions with animals um, based on real interactions in our world, um, which is very fun. And uh, it's 33 new cards, which 
I'm very excited about. Um, I actually right next to me have all of the unpainted panels uh, stacked on my desk. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter, I'm on Instagram, and I also have Patreon where I talk about my process. Um, and I think that's probably it. <laughs> there you have it folks i want to again thank my guest kevin j stanton for coming on to the podcast and sharing a bit of his journey with us and i'm rob lee saying that there's art culture and community in and around your neck of the woods you've just got to look for it (laughs) 